0: is going on everybody we are back if we sound like uh if we sound way better like faster stronger like we know what we're talking about it's because we got uh, we got new microphone arms we do so that, uh by the way this is dark windows podcast episode 249 <laughs> my name is kevin and i'm kevin um i got all excited because these things are super fucking cool so yeah
1: um i mean i love them
0: if anybody out there is starting a podcast and you're going to use an xlr mic and you need a uh like a boom arm that can connect to your table, hit me up. Cause we've got one we're willing to part with very cheaply. So, um, yeah.
1: I mean, we, we, like, we, I found these and I was like,
0: they're pretty, they're, they're pretty cool. As the kids would say, they're pretty dope.
1: Yeah. I, and I, I was like, wow, I kind of like these and we should use them. And, uh, but we were, cause I saw these other kind. I can't remember what the, the brand was that we, uh, that we saw. Um, but uh I was like, and we were looking at them. And we were like, "Holy shit, they're super expensive!"
0: Yeah, I mean, these ones are only like seventy bucks a piece. Yeah, so it's yeah, not terrible. For sure, um,
1: far cheaper. Because I saw them, I was like, I was like, "Oh man, these are gonna be uh way
0: more expensive, or are these gonna be cheaper?" I was like,
1: maybe "Yeah, maybe they're cheaper." Because we
0: we're looking at like the. uh I don't know what brand it is that fucking Joe Rogan and all the guys that actually know what they're doing use, but they're <sighs> super cool. But they're also yeah. $400 a piece. Yeah. Um, so it's like, fuck that. We're poor. We're working, folks. We uh, We can't do that. We is. We, um, we all the poe. But uh, speaking of working class, folks, <sighs> what are we covering this week? Well, here's the thing. is I, I was supposed to be covering... A listener suggestion, but I honestly, from what I could find, I couldn't find enough to do just that as an episode. Oh. Because it would have been like 15 minutes.
1: Yeah, yeah, because there's not enough There's, on there's it. really
0: not a lot. So what I'm going to do at some point is in the near future, I'm going to do that, but I also need to find some other Vermont-related crimes that are not murders, mm-hmm. preferably, and lump them all into one. Yeah. Um, because honestly, like... I was looking. I, I was looking at some sources for it, and some of them are just like dead links now. A lot of it is just speculation and stuff because it's an unsolved crime. Yeah, it, it's been unsolved since two thousand two, um, and since nobody was killed, there's not really much of a, a precedent to to solve it, uh, which kind of sucks. But so this week, I was like, you know, I haven't really done anything like this in a while. It's hard to cover an entire branch or unit of military personnel, but these guys are so fucking badass that we have to talk about at least a couple of them. Okay. To really know anything about these guys, we've got to go kind of back in the past, right towards the beginning. But, like, not the beginning beginning, because that was in, like, the 1500s, and it wasn't a lot going on there. So we're going to kind of jump to the early 1800s. Okay to a little country tucked between the northeast part of India and the southwest part of China. We are headed to the country that is the home to Mount Everest and the Himalayan mountain range. Nepal. And also pocket-sized murder monsters. We're going to fucking Nepal. Or we're talking about the fucking Gurkha.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: So the Gurkha have been around, again, for centuries. Like, started off as a kingdom in the 1500s. Um, didn't really get into all of it because it's a bunch of like medieval politics and I don't really care about Uh that. So, skipping up to 1814, when the fucking East India Company, they start sticking their noses where they don't belong. Shocker. Who would have ever guessed that the British Empire would go somewhere they didn't need to be, take things, and then not know how to use them? I... I I I'm going to correct myself. This is the one time where the Brits took something from another country and actually figured out how to use it effectively. Okay. And that's the Gurkha. Okay. (laughs) They don't know how to use spices. I, I don't know what the fuck they do with anything else, but they figured out how to make these guys sketchy. Like, sketchy in the best possible, most useful way um, for fighting wars and shit. Okay. <laughs> so. Okay,
1: I'm. I, I I mean I know like, that they're, badasses can fucking oh, use a use a buddy a sword or not
0: sword yeah oh, sword it's, that they it's call it, a sword. Well, it's technically a machete. But it's but they call it a sword. It's no, the kukri. It, they call it a sword because they're four foot tall. It's technically for, a machete. All right. Fine. Um, for normal people there it's 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 a. Uh, it's a machete. I had one. I don't know what the fuck happened to it. I had a cold steel kukri, and it was badass. Yeah. I don't know where it went. I think I lost it somewhere in the move. But. Uh. Um, so I found an article that kind of put everything that caused the Ang- uh, the Anglo Nepal War into like a good, fairly concise little, you know, thing. So I'm just gonna read the article here. It's a, a section of it. The reason behind the Anglo-Nepal war was the clash in poli- and political interest between Nepal and the East India Company. Nepal was playing a role in making new imperialism, but had to la- uh, but it had to labor hard for achieving its envisaged goal. While assessing Nepal's expansion plan, the country's unification campa- uh, blech, campaign started from a small state of, oh my god, Lig Lig L i g l i g k o t ling ling cot, okay. And then Gorka.
1: Ling 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 dong dong. That
0: might be racist, but whatever. Um, <laughs> that, that, I'm sorry. That's just all. Uh, all I heard. that's ling ling, ling ling. But then, but then we also have the Gorka, which sound like a, a, ah. a race of orcs from something. Or um, it's a band. I mean, so Gojira is technically a French death, me- like a French like death metal band. But well, they use this the is... Japanese spelling of Godzilla, so I'll allow it in this case.
1: I, I'm saying it, but a Gorka is is not like God, Godzilla. No. Like no, I said,
0: no. Gorka sounds like the fucking leader of a an orc horde. Possibly. Or, next next it's time branch, I
1: play, or it's a branch of the orc horde.
0: Next time I play Skyrim, I'm making an orc, and he's going to be Gorka. Oh, um, nice. And it was able to reach as far as Sikkim in the east and Kangra in the west.
1: They're going to Sikkim.
0: The Himalayas and the north of... Per, uh Perniyama, Saran I can't pronounce all of this shit, berilli uh, I can pronounce that one that's in the south um, these are now considered the most fertile areas and are covered with great uh, with great cities it can be imagined how rich Nepal would be if those areas were part of that uh, were part of the country besides the gorkas uh, be- <sighs> Jesus besides the gorkas had strengthened their economic conditioning by controlling the landlords and, uh, and their lands in the Plain of Turi. Thus, Nepal... Fuck.
1: <laughs> I'm sure they Nepal fuck, no. but that's beside the point. Uh, Nepal
0: was in the unification campaign by capturing the southwest area while the East India Company was expanding its imperialism in the northeast region. So those shit's about to happen here. Those fuckers were everywhere. British India was not in favor of giving up Nepal's southern border areas, which are now under Nepal. Another main target of British India was to open a trade route between Tibet and China via the, via the Nepalese territory. So that's the only reason they want Nepal is so that they can have a way to travel between China, Tibet, and India to do trade. Of course.
1: Yeah. Makes sense.
0: You know. Totally. Um, who gives a fuck about this giant mountain? Fuck them yetis. We don't care about your yaks. Nope. Fuck all you guys. Exactly. You know. We want this one. Achieving the target would be possible only after capturing Kathmandu. Uh, Rus- Ruswana, Listicat, Seacum, all these other places. I only know about Kathmandu because of fucking yeah. Bob Seger, and I think of every course. other white dude has the same reasoning for that. Well, I mean, you have to be of a certain age. No, you don't. Bob Seger is timeless. I'm just Go through, I challenge you to name a time that you went to a wedding where two white folks got married and there was not a single Bob Seger song played. Impossible. Impossible. Mm. Because you're going to hear fucking old time rock and roll. That's a guaranteed Bob Seger song. Uh You're going to hear the electric slide, which Uh is not a Bob Seger song, but it's also white people songs.
1: Okay, but yeah, you just said Bob Seger. You're going to hear journey. Yeah.
0: And you're going to hear probably poison.
1: By the way, these are white people songs for weddings. I'm not going to listen to the electric slide anymore. Why? Uh Uh-uh. After I found out what it's really
0: all about. What's it about? dildo that's pretty rad actually <laughs> it is <laughs> it was like i was like technically if it's the electric it's like, slide i would think of vibrator because dildos don't have electricity well, meant vibrators vibrator, do meant vibrator yeah. yeah but i was like no
1: fucking way i've been dancing that fucking song doing the doing the fucking you back and forth and all that fucking shit
0: you didn't all, know you had to have a battery-powered sex toy up your ass the entire know. time to do it right either Apparently, you were just doing it for fun. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, well, I guess, I mean, I got to have the thing now. Right? Oh, uh, you know. you got to go buy one. Like, the question is, do you get one of the remote-controlled ones, or one of the ones where you just, like, twist the end and it turns on? You just up there like a suppository or what? Because, like, the remote control one, you can, like, keep it in your pocket and you can, like, do all the shit with No, it. I'll bump it. So That's kind of the point.
1: Yeah, well, I mean... Then it'll go all fucking haywire. Probably, like, jump up to, like, 20. Until so
0: you, you, you leave it on a table and somebody hits the wrong button and it activates the engines and it shoots through the back of your head. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it leaves a fucking exit wound. Then your butthole gets all fucking, like... You'd be dead, so it's fine. Yeah. It's it just blew your brainstem through the top of your head.
1: I know, No, know no. no. I, I'm, I'm getting the willies just thinking about that because I can't... No. I can't have anything in my butthole. Or do you get one of those
0: ones with, like, the rubber fingers on it so it touches your nuts at the same time?
1: <clears throat> okay. These
0: are questions that we need answered.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I mean... Okay, so now you just jumped it up a whole different ballgame. If it gives me a handy at the same time... It's not a handy. It's just tickling your nuts. But I'm saying if I get get a reach around, maybe. We'll talk about it. They don't have arms.
0: I don't care. This could be something to fucking tickle your nuts. I mean, come on. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, so, they, they capture all these areas. Therefore, the English took the kuman region to be the most important um presently in india and nepal so it's like one of those areas that was split between the two Uh it was because the english could expand their trade route to tibet and china through this area it would also get fertile and you know usable land Mm. it was the reason why the english acquired uh a Mm, fuck that i'm not gonna read any more of that part of it um instead of capturing Kathmandu, the english wanted to stop nepal's expansion and clip its wings as per the English war strategy, they wanted to contain Nepal only as a hilly region because it's hard to fight like that. Yeah. Um, of course. This yeah, is also an opinion in the, oh
1: I mean fucking huge ass mountains.
0: Yeah. Hilly. That's what we refer to like other states that have mountains in them. Yeah. Like, oh <laughs> that's cute. I know. It's a mountain of fucking six hundred feet is the highest point in your state. That's not a mountain. No. That's, and then and
1: then you like, It's like three
0: flights of stairs.
1: And then you go out to, like, Colorado and stuff so like that. They're like, you're what? Come on. I mean, half the state's flat. Right. You know, but then they have that big, huge fucking mountain. What do you call them there? The uh, the Rockies. Yeah, the Rockies. Yeah. I mean, my brother has the... What's that range? Is it the Cascades? No. I think. Sierras?
0: No, Sierras are in California. No,
1: okay. The Conic. I think I it's Cascades. Know. They Casc- go up up know. through
0: there and into Canada. Because that's where Mount Hood is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, it's got, you know, that whole whole range in it. It's got Helens, Mount St. Helens, and, you know. Whatever happened there,
0: you know. Big boom. Bada but, boom. Uh, Appalachia. Those are some gorgeous fucking mountains to drive they through, are. too.
1: I mean, uh, I can't say. Well, we have the Appalachian Mountains.
0: T- so technically. But we're not Appalachian.
1: Oh, listen. That's fu- I just call a we bunch sh- of bullshit. No,
0: we should be Appalachian by extension. I mean, technically, the Appalachians, uh, the whole and fucking we're, thing. We're only right not Appalachian state. because of fucking Burlington. Because it's, it's turned the whole state into like, oh, it's like California. It's so like progressive and shit. No, those two spots are. The rest of us are white trash hillbillies, and we love it that okay, way. First off, you know?
1: they can't be Appalachian because the Appalachian Mountains do not run through
0: their area. That's what I'm saying. That's why they, we can't be associated with the Appalachian Mountains, because it's like Ben and Jerry's and fish and shit like that. Fuck them. Exactly. We have the Green Mountains. Real Vermonters are like, we were wearing flannel before it was cool. And um, I'm sorry. I got a rifle in the back window on my truck, and you can't fucking say anything about it, because... The Appalachian you know, Mountain
1: range runs through uh, this area, so true. they can go fuck themselves. Yeah.
0: So suck it, fucking... Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say West Virginia or Kentucky, but they're both actually pretty cool states. So, Okay. I like both of those states.
1: Never been to either one. Oh,
0: West Virginia is gorgeous, dude. So is Kentucky. I'll have to Tennessee. probably see.
1: Uh, um, well, I mean, I'm on my way back through. I'm debating whether I go, like, shoot back over, go to North Carolina, and then kind of, like, scoot up. Because I can go to North Carolina, go to my aunt's place, and then scoot up. But
0: then it's a long way around. Okay. Or you could go through West Virginia and spend $4 to go to the Mothman Museum. And I, go to potentially the sketchiest Dairy Queen I've ever seen just down the road from there. My only problem is... is I it. have never seen a drive through with handwritten signs. Mm. Yeah.
1: My only problem is I have my dog.
0: You're driving with your dog? Yeah. Are you fucking crazy?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Apparently. Okay. Uh, Down and back. Jesus Christ. Anyway. <gasps> hey, it's going to be too much money to fucking go for a week. No way. Fuck, dude. So, again, they wanted to contain it <laughs> to a hilly region. <laughs> this, this is not the fun part of the episode. Just stick it out, please. I only have a little bit longer here. Uh, I've got, like, another page and a half of the boring shit, Okay. Okay. But it's it, it's important because it it, has, it yeah. needs to be told because this is what started the whole fucking relationship. Uh huh. It started off as as we don't like each other. Yes. But then like every show where two people start off not liking each other, eventually they're gonna fuck. <laughs> oh. And England and Nepal are gonna fuck. There. And then they're gonna go elsewhere and fuck others.
1: Are they gonna make the the fuck babies? More
0: importantly, they're gonna go to Burma and fuck. Oh. Um. The Japanese. Uh huh so yeah because we weren't fighting nazis in burma spoiler alert up i mean not many brown shirts or italians in in burma i mean they might have had brown shirts but they, they weren't italians so that's true so there's also an opinion that in this in in case nepal remained as its own as it is now the country could be quote a buffer zone for china and british india so dmz uh, as Nepal was leading its state expansion to the southwest and the English towards the northeast, the two troops would definitely meet at a point somewhere. And there was a high possibility of the two countries clashing due to their political interest. Duh. These guys are trying to make it an entire country. These assholes are coming in to turn it into a fucking highway. Usually how that works. Think of, you know, ranchers and the BLM. not like, Bureau of Land Management, not the, oh. not the other one. Oh. that's like you know peacefully protesting and burning shit down um even i really really i was i was really on the side of those those ranchers i was like man cw2 right here Mm -hmm. let's do it it's over cows because the government are a bunch of dickheads (laughs) taking people's lands and cattle and shit you know and there's that one clip there's that one picture of some dude in fucking jeans and like A flannel shirt laying on the highway with his rifle out underneath the guardrail and i'm like man he's got these fucking guys they don't know he's there yet (laughs) oh so close uh anyway civil war fantasies (laughs) Uh, okay so the clash would be a military confrontation it was the only way out of pretty much anything obviously because you don't have two groups of Soldiers meet and go like, ah, oh, you know what? Fuck you. You know the other one's like, you're right, and they leave. That's not how that works. They're gonna fight. Uh, the, the The border dispute in the south from uh, from the time of King Pr- whatever the fuck. Um, you know what? This is boring me. So, um, so basically, they end up fighting. They trade victories back and forth. Um, the The war really starts on November first, eighteen fourteen. Um, and he gets, it's ugly fast. Yeah. Only lasts until, up until 1860, 1816, sorry, it was two years, not fucking 40 or whatever. Um, when the Treaty of Seguli was signed, uh, putting an end to the war and starting a partnership that stands to this day between the Nepalese and the British. Because the British went, we fucked up, this is a bad idea, Mm. but... Hear me out. Yes. yes. We have people to kill, and you have people that are good at killing us. Will Therefore, you, will you help us? Hence to forth, yes. we would like to hire you on a permanent, non voluntary basis occasionally.
1: Non voluntary, voluntary, no, but.
0: vol Voluntolda- yes. Volu-
1: yes. Yes. Very much
0: voluntold. Yes. You will help us, or else. And or else we'll come here and die in your country again. You <laughs> got it. And yeah. they're like, okay. The only thing is, like, I feel bad for the Gurkhas now because they have to use that dog shit SA-80. It's it's literally the worst rifle that's ever been designed. It's like a it's a race to the bottom between that and the, the FAMAS, the French one. Um, anytime you up a rifle, you deserve to lose every war you use it in. That's all I'm saying. Magazines belong in front yeah. of your trigger. Because if not, you've done something drastically wrong. You have fucked up somewhere royally. It's just weird, and I keep seeing people bullpup shit that doesn't need to be bullpupped. It's just weird to have it like behind. It doesn't make any fucking sense because then your hands are like three inches apart between the trigger and your foregrip. You look like an asshole, just like eh, look. It's just the it's fuck just, out of here. I don't know. It's just the weird. only ones that figured it out are the Israelis with the Tavor. Because they made it longer, so if you're like you're back a little bit, uh-huh. but the Enfield is uh, an abortion. Uh, it's an abomination, an affront to God. Um, I mean, first off, I did kind of like the Enfield. Eh. I'm sorry. It's only good in video games, other than that, yes. it's, it's, it's shit. It's my go-to SOCOM weapon. Ben but and yeah. Danny, our two English listeners, will probably go, yeah, they're right. They're right. They're right, but there's possibility that Ben goes. Oh no, of shit. I've had the conversation. I've had that conversation. Okay, yeah. Um, honestly, these guys that we're about to talk about use the last good Enfields. Okay, they're bolt actions.
1: Oh yeah. So yeah. Um, okay, gotcha. But
0: I, I watched a guy on YouTube. I swear to God, bullpup a Mosin Nagant, and I threw up in my mouth a little bit because I know it's a cheap rifle. I love them because they're cheap. They're fantastic. You bullpup a bolt action rifle and you des- there's a special area of hell for people like you. You deserve to be fed feet first to polar bears if you ball pop a rifle. That just shouldn't oh be. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I got gotcha. you.
0: I mean, you could just make a rifle shorter. Mikhail Kalashnikov and Eugene Stoner should both, like, appear in front of you in spirit form as soon as you have the idea to ball pop something, and then they stomp you to death. Okay, first off, the, the shortest weapon
1: that-, that Kalashnikov, the weapon, is... AK seventy four U, but that's not ball popped.
0: No, it's not. It's, it's still a compact, it's compact rifle, and it's fucking sexy. That makes sense. Compacting a rifle, I'm okay with that. I mean, basically, ball popping is anything is that. that anything that makes the ATF sweat by like bringing your barrel down to fourteen point zero 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 one inches on your rifle enough that an ATF agent can be like, huh, huh it's illegal, but it's not, mm, and they almost have an aneurysm. I love it. I fucking love it. You know what? Go shorter. Fuck those guys. They can't even make laws. They can make suggestions for laws. Uh They can't. They're not a... They have no authority to make a law. No. So don't let them fool you on the internet.
1: No, they don't. They they can't. They they just enforce the law. Yeah.
0: They enforce the laws that they make suggestions about making. So fuck those guys. They will shoot your dog. Don't. Proven fact. They will kill your dog. Shoot my dog. They'll also shoot your wife and kids. Whatever. And maybe park a tank on top of the only exit where a bunch of women and children are underground while it's on fire. Uh-huh. Boy, <laughs> it's a cult. Fuck them. Yeah. yeah. Women and kids, though. Like 70 of them. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they would never do that. Would they? Would they? Would they? As I nod, <laughs> yes. Yes. So, again, they signed this treaty. Um, throughout the 19th and 20th centuries, the Gurkha Brigades eventually consisting of 10 regiments each of two battalions would fight in wars in India and basically across the world. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a bunch of Gurkhas that got sent to Afghanistan in the early days of the war there that got into some really deep shit because they killed a whole bunch of Taliban fighters. And like, as they were not quite dead, they Gurkhas as Gurkhas are tend to, and they uh, decapitated them. there's a bunch of video, like pictures of them hacking these fucking guys heads off with, with kukris and stuff because they're efficient and they're not going to waste ammunition on someone who's already almost dead. Just you know, put them out uh, of their misery.
1: I don't, I don't, I, I mean, I, you're not going to hear an argument from me right? about them killing the Taliban and ISIS. Yeah. Especially ISIS.
0: Those guys suck. I mean, I don't give two fucks about those guys. No, Just leave the Mujahideen alone. They're all right. They're all right. I've done the research. They're, <laughs> they're not good guys. They're kind of like gray like they're not great but they're also <sighs> they're not going to plan a terrorist attack but they're also not going to let women drive uh-huh. okay <laughs> you can't you can't have a happy medium the whole time okay maybe they got the right idea without letting women drive. What am I th- You know, who knows <laughs> it's, it's just how shit goes. Okay. And he knew listeners were kidding. Women should be allowed to drive. Just not vote. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. so just, just as a, a, a quick rundown, they fought in both Sikh wars in 1845 and 1846. I'm sorry. From 1846 from 1845 to 1846. Uh, and then also in 1848 to 1849, the Sikhs are fucking pretty cool guys. Um, Covered a bunch of them on our Last Stands episode, which you can hear on the main feed. Because that's when all three of us were on. Uh, there was 21 Sikhs. They killed like a half a billion Afghani uh, troops and stuff. But they all died. Mm. Um, did some pretty badass shit. Uh, they fought in the three Burma Wars of 1820, uh, 1824 to twenty-six, in 1852 and 1885. In and all three Afghan wars, 1839 to forty-two. 1878 to 81 and 1919. It didn't stop there, though, and it's not even fucking close to stopping there. The first time the Gurkhas set foot on mainland Europe, it wasn't during a real good time. Uh huh. Um, somewhere in the neighborhood of 200,000 Nepalese Gurkhas, or maniacs, whatever you want to call them, would take part in the war to end all wars. They fought from northern France in uh, Nouveau-Chapelle. They took part in what is one of the bloodiest battles of World War One, the Battle of Ypres. Um, they also fought pretty heavily in an area that a lot of people forget about from World War One, which is the Middle East. They're fighting the Turks in Persia and Mesopotamia and, you know, Gallipoli. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, there's no such thing as a wimpy Gurkha, but there's a couple that I found that kind of stand... I don't even want to say head and shoulders above the rest, because they're really not tall. Okay. Um, like, wrists and elbows above the rest. All right. Um, I'll go with it. And um, I had three. I couldn't. I didn't have time to work the third one in. He's a newer guy. We could probably do him for Patreon at some point, because the story is actually pretty quick, but it's also fucking crazy. Um, so the ones we're going to talk about are from World War II. So I think I'm going to do you guys a favor. I think we're going to take a break right here we're going to come back and just get into the fucking action for the rest of the episode. Does that sound okay? I love it. Okay. I was waiting for them to answer, but whatever. Born December 30th, 1917 in the village of Daha. Uh, I I couldn't pronounce this when I typed it, so I'm not even going to be able to say it right. Dakahani. I'm going to go with. Um, Lakaman Garong is this guy's name. Um, kind of a reoccurring thing. Didn't find a whole bunch about his early life because he's in a small village in Nepal, probably, you know, born to farmers or whatever. Hard to say. Don't really. You good? Yeah. Okay. There's really not a lot about him until December of 1940 when he volunteers and signs up for the British, uh, the British Indian army. So here's the thing with our buddy here, lock him on. And um, I know I made some short jokes earlier, had the British Empire not been at war, he would not have been allowed to volunteer to enlist. Because he was four foot fucking 11. This man is five inches shorter than my mother, who is also super short. Uh huh. Um, he weighed about 115 pounds at the age of 27. Full grown, grown ass man. 115 pounds, four foot 11. This dude is like sub straw weight if you were to box. He'd have to fight children, I think. Um, there's Little Leaguers playing in the Little League World Series that are twice this guy's weight and probably eight inches taller than him. There's that kid, that kid on the U.S. team that's like, oh, he's 12. I'm like, bitch, that boy has a mortgage. He's 6'2", two, 220 pounds, and he's 12 years old, my ass. Sometimes they grow him big. No, dude, that fucking kid, like, he's on his second divorce. He's got a minor league contract already. He probably does. That says He th- hit like a 390 foot home run and just stood there and watched him. Like, that's a grown man. Okay. That's a grown fucking man. All it right. reminded me of, a, you ever see that movie Benchwarmers? Yeah. Yeah. It was like that. Like the, the Puerto Rican guy that the other team brings into pitch. It's him. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he's he's well below the height minimum. I don't know if they still have one. Probably. I know we do. I don't know exactly what it is. I don't even
1: know if we do anymore.
0: I know we all, we we have we used to. We have uh, height limits though for certain things. Um, well, I mean, like he, if you're a pilot, you can't be over six foot four or some shit like that. Well, yeah, because you'll hit the fucking the goddamn you know. Canopy. And then, then there's some things where it's like if you're below this height, you can't do it. Like uh, air force PJs or whatever. Like you have to be between six foot and six foot five, and I'm like oh, so you want fucking pro wrestlers for this? Neat, cool. <laughs> You're in the Air Force, dude. You gotta be that you gotta be that big to wheel your chair around? Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. It's just, it's... We're kidding, kinda. They kinda. do stuff, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they do stuff and things.
1: Be all right. Don't One worry of my
0: favorite that. YouTubers is a former Air Force guy, so. He's kinda cool. Go watch Garantham, he's excellent. Um So he would be assigned to the Fourth Battalion, Eighth Gurkha Ger- Rifles. And he went through all the training and shit that a Gurkha needs. Uh, so basically, here's a rifle. Here's how to use it. You already know how to use the knife. We know that from, you know, ancestral experience. Yeah. We know that you know how to use that. You thing. come out of the womb using yeah. knives. I mean. You, they're not born. They cut themselves out. Their mothers died during childbirth because it's like <laughs> slice and out they come. Like Conan. <laughs> yeah, yes. Fucking <laughs> three foot eight Conan. So he would soon find himself and the rest of his squadmates being whisked away to the tropical, par- tropical, tropical, tropical ah. paradise of Burma. Ooh. Um, remember Burma, because we're gonna we're gonna revisit Burma okay. shortly. Um, it's not Myanmar. They sell a bunch of heroin and shit out of there. Not a great place to be. I don't really know a whole bunch about the fighting that happened in Burma, aside from what Alfred mentioned in The Dark Knight. Um, you know, with the kid with a, a an emerald the size of his fist And then some men just wanted to watch the world burn That whole thing I'm okay. sure that was historically accurate
1: I'm pretty sure, um, it had to be I, I'm,
0: I'm fairly confident Michael Caine fought in Burma Strong Probably not uh, Christopher Lee definitely killed people during World War II though Okay The guy that played, uh, yeah, yeah Soromon Uh-huh Yeah That's not the sound it makes when you stab a man in the back How do you yeah. know? Because I know. <laughs> uh, fucking well. Peter Jackson's like the hair, all the hair on his arms and shit stood up. And I, oh, my God. And Kiwi. <laughs> Whatever fucking language they speak. And Kiwi. I don't know if that's an offensive term for, for uh, New Zealanders. Like, I'm not going to use no, the word can... New Zealander. I'm just going to call them Kiwis because it's fun. No, that's what
1: they call yeah. themselves. Because like you can't
0: call them Maoris because that might be offensive to some that aren't. But I wouldn't be offended by it. Fuck them. The Maoris are badass. Man, you're, just, you're just jealous because you're not Maori. Yeah. You're that's just mad because their fucking rugby team dances scary before they kill you. They, that's true. I mean, watching that French team smile at them when they did it, I'm like, oh, that's like smiling at a gorilla. They're gonna fucking kill you. Yeah, you are stupid,
1: sir. They might fuck you and kill you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they go to they go to do whatever the fuck you how you start a rugby match off, and they're just like, oh shit, um, we forgot something. Homeboy comes out with a giant pole with a white flag and just spikes it in the middle. Yeah. yeah, that's what we needed to do in the first place. We should not have offended you. Um, <laughs> we surrender. <laughs> what they do best. Yes. Um, so Burma seemed unpleasant during World War II. Uh, one of the very few places that when the Japanese invaded, the locals helped them instead of resisting them. And uh, when when Lachiman got to Burma, he and his unit were attached to the 89th Indian Infantry Brigade. That's way too many eyes in one spot. 7th Indian Infantry Division. They got their marching orders to cross the Irrawaddy River and hit the Japanese on the north side of the road. So the river kind of ran through and there was a, a road that ran parallel to the river and then it teed uh-huh. at one spot. So the Japanese had set up at the tee and they were supposed to push them back away from it so that we could get forces across and... Know, continue up the up the road, um, so they did exactly that, and they pushed the Japanese back towards Tawangda. You guys have fucking awful names, <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna get right at, get right into it here. Up on May twelfth, nineteen forty five, that night he's just kind of minding his own business, manning his post, keeping an eye out, and all of a sudden the Good Time Brigade shows up. The Gurkhas were hit by somewhere in the neighborhood of two hundred to three hundred Japanese troops trying to force their way through their lines. Wow. That's a lot of dudes. Yeah. Um and they don't have just rifles and shit. They've got fucking swords too. Uh-huh. Because that's what the Japanese did. You know, bayonet charge? Well if you're if you're an officer, fuck the bayonet, you've got a sword. You've got a fucking samurai. I don't goddamn think so. Anybody that's willing or Katana, to sorry. anybody Katana. that's willing to run at you with a sword while you have a rifle. Needs to be stopped immediately. Yeah.
1: I mean, you got that you got a katana. Unless he's a white fucking... dude, because,
0: like, I'm not afraid of a, of a fat white kid with a katana. He bought it at the mall. It'll hit me and fucking bend, whatever. Watch this. Yeah.
1: You're, bring at you, mister. You're dead. Doing his
0: goddamn mall foo. Get out of here. Um, <laughs> Good old mall foo. Yeah. Hey, he's dangerous. a mall ninja. Like, it's, that's, it's, that's it's all dangerous. it
1: is. It's, it's dangerous. You got to watch out for him.
0: So the attackers had a pretty solid, you know, solid attack plan. Um, and that was to just throw as many guys as they could at the Gurkhas to push them back. Um, keep in mind the, the Gurkhas have dug trenches in their position now. Hmm. Um, but the Japanese advanced behind a wall of grenades. Pretty good way to do stuff. The trick was when the guys jumped out of the way... The Japanese troops would just shoot them. Like they're trying to get out of the trenches because there's a fucking grenade in it. Yeah. So they're scrambling up over the walls and guys are just shooting them.
1: Uh, um, mm.
0: Our boy Lakamon him found himself with a couple of options. Um, a is die, B is don't die. He chose. I'm, a-
1: a, I'm going to say he didn't choose option one.
0: No. He, he chose option B, but he almost got option A.
1: Oh. It's
0: like when you order something at the restaurant uh-huh. and then they don't have it, so they just replace it with something else. Yeah. Um, but it's not as good. Yeah. Um, it's just a close call. So now to, to succeed, he decides that the best thing to do is see if uh, the grenades have proper postage.
1: Uh-huh. And if
0: not, he would return them to sender. Uh-huh. And it turns out the Japanese postal system sucks.
1: It does. So they No stamps. It.
0: Not a not fucking stamp one buddy not a stamping sight. mother so he's like fuck you get it out of here yep he's hitting why he's just fucking throwing grenades back as soon as they come anywhere oh. near him um but to throw grenades he would have to set his enfield smle mark three down i want the mark IV. the mark IV's is a little bit shorter one fucking hot uh-huh um so he sets that off to the side, and he just starts scooping up grenades it's and shit-whipping them back at the Japanese.
1: See, this is the part where it's choices, choices, choices. Do I set it down, or do I just hold on to it and throw? But do I, then do I get the real good throw into it if I only have
0: one arm? You're you're in a trench, so you don't have a lot of room to move. I mean, So, so. if you're trying to turn and you got a rifle, you could bang it and stop yourself and drop a grenade and fucking blow your dink off. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> needs to do that. So he sets it down. I'd uh, Every-
1: you, yeah, you don't want
0: to. You want. You don't want to lose that. No, and again, just shit whipping grenades back at the Japanese. Good old shit weapon. This worked for a while pretty well until it didn't. Um, history isn't sure exactly what happened. He either fumbled one or, um, as many shortstops have in the past, fumbled it between transition. Yeah. Um, either way, the grenade did what grenades do and grenaded. Yes. And the result uh, is what folks in the business would call. Not good. Uh, oh. Blew most of the fingers off of his right hand. Shredded bitch. his right forearm, like forearm up through the bicep and into his shoulder. Um, told, uh, tore a bunch of chunks out of the side, right side of his face. Um, it was on the right hand side of him, if you couldn't tell. where the Well, I mean. Right handed. Hm, weird. Oh, uh, how'd so that saying, happen? I was thinking maybe he had it in his
1: left hand, but it blew the right hand. You know. He
0: had it in his <laughs> left hand, but he was like, shit, and he just turned yeah, real quick. No, yeah, yeah. not not the case. <laughs> um. So the blast knocks him to the deck, and unfortunately for the Japanese, he was not dead. He was just big mad.
1: Oh boy, that's um, not good. So he drew you his... You have to kill him dead.
0: You, you have to kill all of these men. You cannot leave yeah. them alive. No, if, if, you, if you hear like a twitch possible,
1: mm, you're dead.
0: If, if they're still in one piece, you need to keep going. Yeah. Because they you can might, still reassemble and kill you yeah there is no like you just hear no disassemble and fuck you, you're dead well according to other survivors in his group he drew his kukri stuck it in the ground in front of him and yelled not one will pass here alive <gasps> <laughs> he did the gandalf you yeah, shall not you pass. shall not fucking pass um oh. and he is about to just
1: but he did it first.
0: Oh, yeah. He, he's about to throw these fucking bullrogs off a cliff, just like how Gandalf did. But Gandalf was way taller. Whatever. You know.
1: Hey, height is only, a, you know, an option. And Plus, the Japanese
0: aren't that tall anyway, so it's pretty much a the fair Jap- fight. He, he, true. Um, he then used what was left of his destroyed hand to pick up his bolt-action rifle. Keep in mind, bolt-action uh-huh. rifle. Uh-huh. Um, Screamed in the general direction of the advancing enemy. Now come fight a Gurkha. No. (laughs) I'd rather not, thanks. Uh, We just blew you the fuck up. And you are still fighting? Uh, For the next four goddamn hours, he fired and reloaded his rifle. Essentially with one hand and like itty-bitty stumps on the other side. So he probably had it laid across his fucking limpy-ass forearm. Fired. Tucked it into his shoulder worked the bolt, and kept firing for four fucking hours Ooh. in the dark against men that want to kill him. This wasn't like a competition shoot. This was like, you got to do this, you're going to die Yeah, kind of situation. Um, so when the smoke cleared and the last bad guy fell, he was the only man in his unit that was still in fighting shape. By his personal count... 31 dead Japanese soldiers were strewn out in front of him. He had literally single handedly held off a triple digit assault. Uh, keep in mind, his unit was only about 40 guys. Uh. So they were well outnumbered. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, nope, get fucked. <laughs> wow. Uh, he's obviously evacuated for medical treatment, considering. Uh, it's kind of weird, because considering his height and his body weight, uh-huh. it took four men to carry a stretcher, mostly because of the sheer mass of his balls alone.
1: Probably. Uh, they I like mean, it,
0: they actually broke through the, the cloth, and they were kind of dragging, so they had to put a towel mm, under them yeah, to keep him from chafing.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's always the
0: worst. Um, you know, that sand gets up in the... You don't want, you don't want rock burn on your nuts. No. Nah. You, road rash on your balls, that's uh. not great. So, grand total. Here's how he fared out. He's blind in his right eye. His arm was so badly damaged that he would never regain the use of it. Um, Did they amputate? No, he still had it. Oh. Uh, but it was like the the tendons and muscular uh-huh. mus, musculature and shit yeah. was so bad that he could he really. Okay. I mean, he could like move it around, but he couldn't do yeah, anything yeah. really okay. with it.
1: Like my grandfather then. Yeah.
0: Um. So then he just returned to his unit because he simply refused to go home. <laughs>
1: go home dude
0: fucking world war ii they were built different they're like you can't send me home motherfucker i refuse
1: <laughs> you want me to what uh go fuck yourself okay
0: so i can't run a bolt action anymore give me a fucking thompson don't be a bitch let's do it give me fucking you know something else i'll take my yeah, fucking The thompson drink. gets all the love but the grease gun was pretty rad too that was yeah it had was. a slower rate of fire but it was still a 45 and they only cost like twelve dollars to make whatever as opposed to the 40 50 bucks it was for a Thompson I mean but the Thompson's all the furniture it's sexy grease gun looks like a fucking grease gun yeah it's a tube
1: uh-huh
0: <laughs> and you're just like for sure <laughs> yeah. I mean I like it it's a fully automatic cocking gun they're pretty <laughs> goddamn neat
1: reload put more cock in. I don't know my favorite
0: <laughs> tube gun still the stun though Ah. Uh, the side load mags yeah. ah they're so cool. Um, no, that, is,
1: that is one that I, I kind of was... At first, I didn't like it. Then I was like, yeah, I like it. Yeah, they're cool. They're because, cool it, because it's, you know, that that uh, having the magazine up there helps you mm-hmm. with the whole fucking, like, pulling in. And...
0: Unless you're left-handed. It's true. Because then you have to, like, fucking work everything with the right side. But it is what it is. And then also, when you pull it up to your face, the magazine's going to cross your fucking head and... It's kicking rounds over your head or maybe into your head. Uh huh. Who cares? It's an open bolt. They just go wherever the fuck they want after you fire them. True. After the war, Durang. Wait, hold on.
1: So that's all happened? So he lost the use of his arm. Yep. Blind. That's it. Yep. Okay. I
0: mean, he's got a shitload of stuff missing out of his face. Okay. He's all fucked up. Okay. Then he's like, meh. Whatever. Whatever. Okay. It's okay. just an arm. Who gives a fuck? An all right, eye? All right. I just don't want to make sure that,
1: you know, he didn't lose anything else yeah. or fucking... I mean, he's missing a I bunch mean, of fingers. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I, I... Hey, come
0: on. What do I need two fucking eyes for? I've got one that's perfectly all right, I guess. Exactly. You know? You
1: don't need it to Depth run a Depth perception's
0: of fucking... fucking overrated...
1: You don't need to run... Use that to run a fucking machete. Come yeah. on. Come
0: on. So after the war, Gurung moved back home to Nepal for a while, but eventually emigrated to Britain. Uh, even to his older years, the guy continued staying true to his people and never forgot his roots. 2008, when the Gurkha soldiers were told, and this is bullshit, this is the biggest crock of bullshit I have ever heard. The English government should be fucking ashamed of themselves for what I'm about to say to you. Okay. Okay. In 2008, the Gurkha soldiers were told they were no longer allowed to live in Britain because they, quote, had failed to demonstrate strong ties to Britain. Um, What? Because they, they weren't British enough. They hadn't done anything to prove that they were loyal to Britain other than die in their fucking wars. Okay. So at 91 years old, he gets himself down to the High Court of Britain. He's hunched over, but it's not due to age. It's because he's got so much goddamn weight and medals on his chest. Uh He had to have somebody physically
1: stand him up. Yeah, and his balls are dragging behind him. And
0: then when he finally stood to his full height, the light hit his Victoria Cross just right, which is, by the way, England's fucking Medal of Honor equivalent. Yeah. Um, And he told a bunch of these stuffy English twats to get fucked. Uh Uh-huh. And the bill was scrapped. The bill never should have been written in the first place. That's just this is so stupid. These people were veterans that fought for your country. They weren't of your country. They fought for it. All right.
1: So, uh, Ben and Danny, I want uh, one answers. Oh, I'm sure they're probably
0: not fucking happy about it either.
1: I- I'm just saying, I want answers. But like,
0: <laughs> I can't really say anything because we're not much better. Because we deport people all the fucking time Yo, that have, have dep- served in the military. Okay. We're not we're not any better. True. We aren't. But to flat out put it in government paperwork.
1: Uh-huh. That sucks. Yeah.
0: That's a real shitty thing to do. Um, so Lachamon Garong would die f- the following year. Just about two weeks shy of his 93rd birthday. He died in London where he lived.
1: Jeez. So
0: pretty good run. Yeah. Pretty good run. Super badass. Oh, and then we got this guy. I'm going to do my best. Okay. Bahan Badaga, <laughs> Bahan Bagata Garung. Ah, no relation. That guy, same last name, no relation. That Second guy. verse same as the first. Uh huh. Small town in Nepal uh, called Falapu. <laughs> He's born there, September of, of of 1921. Don't know a date because. Don't fucking no, Dave. They
1: don't fucking write, read, and um, write, so they don't give a shit. They knew
0: how to read and write, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. They just maybe, did, maybe they didn't keep fucking birth records in the early twenties, like we didn't. Whatever, you shithead. <laughs> These fucking Yeti people don't know how to write. Um, hey, you know, elevations different. Yeah, fucking okay, know The air's the air's too thin. Yeah. their brains can't function well enough I to read and write.
1: Mean, hey, you know, some shit happens. You're the same one that goes, the fucking Russians have a reverse, have a you know, uh, they, whatever. They have less
0: oxygen than yeah. us. Prove me wrong. <laughs> so, I mean, come on. Go go to Russia and do, do some kind of study to show that they have less gravity than I us. Ta- you can't. I wasn't talking about, you know. Th- the gills I made up, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the rest uh, of it, you can't prove true. Or you can't right. prove wrong either. So. That's true. All right. Therefore. All right. Um, so be it. So this town's about 270 miles east of where our previous Garong was born. And again, same last name, no relation.
1: Um,
0: it's kind of like you get into the Patels it's a, around here. It's a, like a smith. Yeah. Like the Patels around here where none of them are fucking related, apparently. But they are. But they all are.
1: Yeah. Because um, their last name's not Patel.
0: Right. <laughs> again, not much in the childhood department. Uh, that is until he hits 18 and resurfaces to enlist in the British Indian Army. He was assigned to the 3rd Battalion, 2nd King Edward the VII's own Gurkha Rifles. But because I refuse to ever repeat that long-ass name again, we're I found another Bobby? name. What's that? Bobby? Bobby. What? So we're going to call him? No, 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 no. no. So okay. the easier name for the unit Ask. was the Surmore Rifles. Why didn't oh. we just go with the Surmore Rifles in the first goddamn place, England?
1: I don't know. Scumbags. i mean they were trying to keep with the heritage okay
0: <laughs> yeah some dude with fucking crooked teeth that's never done anything you got to name something what an asshole well then there's like there was a, a canadian one during world war Two. it was like the princess's royal rifle regiment or some bullshit like that and it's like could you imagine you imagine having like a little like tinkerbell bullshit on your 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 patch on your arm and then going out there and being the scariest son of a bitch that ever existed because you were a Canadian during World War One. Uh-huh. Uh, so, he and his unit would be sent to Burma, just like our other guy. This one, on the other hand, was doing some goon shit. He was part of a Chindit unit, which, if you don't know what that is, I had to do a little bit of research, but I remember some of it from Plan bolt action. Uh, the Chindits were essentially the Indian Army equivalent of the SAS. Okay. They are guerrilla warfare special forces kind of guys but they're all indian so we have to give them a goofy ass name okay because we can't just let them be sas because that might be troublesome for the actual english guys that are in the sas you'd get confused right which you wouldn't because they're completely fucking different but um so his first unit was assigned to sneak behind japanese lines and be as destructive as humanly possible didn't really find a lot exactly as to what happened, but when they got back, they had sustained such heavy losses that the unit was disassembled, basically, and the parts just scattered to the wind. Um, he was promoted to corporal, and he was made the leader of a rifle section um, in his new unit. And in the beginning, he was doing a really good job. But shortly after being comm- given command of his, his unit, his section he was demoted and removed from his position. Why? This is because his section had, quote, held the wrong hill during an operation. Um, He, on the other hand, would swear until his dying day that he was defending the hill that he was told to defend and that his... uh, his platoon leader had actually sent the wrong orders back as to who was where. Mm-hmm. And uh, instead of being a man and taking responsible for his own mistakes, he let, uh, let Garung take the heat for it. Because um, also they're going to be more upset with a, a Nepalese guy than a white guy giving him orders. You know, you know how it is. Racism. Mm-hmm. It's great. Of course. Um, so Garung is then sent to a completely different company. And he had a big old chip on his shoulder and he had some shit to prove to people. March of 1945, he's sent to the Burmese coast with the 25th Indian Division and given his marching orders. You are to proceed to the Irrawaddy River, which, sounds sound familiar? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because it's the same fucking river that the other guy was at. Yeah. Um, so they're supposed to cross the river and then go up through the On Pass. Now, this confused me because I kind of was like, shit, did I click into the wrong window? Am I looking at the wrong fucking guy's information here? Because all this shit sounds very familiar. Yeah. So I kept looking and looking and looking. I'm like, ah, nope. He actually did the exact opposite shit because he wasn't on the defensive. Him and his dudes were on the attack. Uh-huh. The Japanese defenders held a, a hill called Snowden East, and it's pretty strategically important to the Allies. Something about fighting in Southeast Asia and holding hills has always been important. Yeah. Like Vietnam, we numbered them. Yeah. World War II was kind of important, too. Korea. Korea.
1: Technically, that's...
0: They weren't super yeah. worried about holding Hills fighting the Germans, were they? No. No, because you're fighting in goddamn cities and cornfields and shit. Yeah, I don't... don't there was It was a lot more urban fighting in Europe than, yeah, than Asia. Yeah, there was no uh, real hill taking. No. Nah. Nah. Maybe here and there. They're yeah. more more worried about taking, like... A church tower, so you can get a sniper into it. Yeah, to but not, face fuck Germans, but
1: not so much with regards to like you know, yeah, like no. you said, uh, you know, Vietnam and um, yeah, you want that. high
0: ground, but it, not necessarily a hill. I mean, no. it could have just been a high spot where the road comes through lower. They get up there and ambush them when they come through. Yeah, that's not taking a hill. No, you know? they want these guys to fucking fight uphill in the mm-hmm. dark mm-hmm. against guys that are dug in, which is always a bad idea. Of course. Always. Very. Maybe Italy. Maybe fighting in Italy, taking hills, was important. I could see that. Because I believe Monte Cassino was on a hill. Okay. You know. Okay. Italy's more mountainous anyway. Yeah. But now we're just getting into geography and nobody wants to hear that. Um, huh. So when you absolutely, positively, without question, need enemy troops dead but you also need the area intact. Mm. What better option than just throwing a bunch of pocket-sized fucking jackals at them with knives and bolt-action rifles? Because uh-huh. that's exactly what they did.
1: <laughs> Bring out the pocket midget!
0: <laughs> they could have launched these guys out of fucking giant slingshots at them. <laughs> yep. <clears> There's <throat> two fucking kukris and just hacking motherfuckers to death <laughs> on the way through. Yeah. So Garung led his... 10-man rifle unit on a patrol around the hill. This came just like less than a week after the Gurkha that had held the hill previously were chased off by Japanese troops with fucking swords and bayonets.
1: Uh-huh.
0: You know, they had still had slightly higher ground, so they fought downhill at them, yeah. and they are like, fuck it, and they just took off. Um, so as they approached the network of bunkers and machine gun nests towards the top of the hill, unbeknownst to them, the sniper had a pretty good position. He's up in a tree, and he wounded uh, two or three guys of the Gurkhas that are now fighting uphill. Um, as these guys get hit, everybody else dives for cover and concealment. Pretty, pretty standard practices. Almost immediately after the, after the second sniper shot, the machine guns and mortar nests come to life, and they zero in on these guys pretty damn quick because they know where their sniper is, they know what direction he's shooting. It's not a big area. You just kind of rake it with whatever and, you know, throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks. And it just happens to be mortars and subpar belt-fed machine guns that the Japanese used. To prove that he may have been the craziest son of a bitch on the planet for just a few minutes, he stood to his full five-foot height. I shit you not. He was five foot on the dot, and he shoulders his end field. He didn't tell anybody this, but it was something he – it was a – A secret tool that he was going to use for later. He saw the flash of the second shot. So he's standing there, full height, sideways. And there's rounds, whipping and snapping past him, chewing up the vegetation around him. Fires one shot. Hits that guy right in the fucking head. So again, he's calm as a cucumber. He sends a pissing hot 303 around through this dude's head and watches him fall out of the tree. He's bouncing off the branches and shit. Um, And before he hits the ground, Garung would take the opportunity to rush forward 20 yards up the hill towards one of the machine gun emplacements. Yeah, we got different ones, so you can't grab the cords and smack people in the head with them anymore, you jerk. (laughs) That's not why, but it's a a happy accident. Um, So when he got there, he showed the inhabitants that not only was his pimp hand fully operational, it was very strong. He pulls two grenades off his belt, Pulls the pins and throws them through the firing slots into this fucking bunker. Okay. Okay. Um, this is an old, old, ancient Nepalese recipe for Tojo Chunky style soup.
1: Ooh.
0: Okay, because you throw two. Yeah. Two explosive devices that'll kill anything in a sixty foot radius into a very small area.
1: Uh, instant stir fry. Yeah. <laughs> it makes
0: Japanese salsa very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, So he then runs to another bunker where a couple of Japanese troops had made the mistake of existing. Um, They both shot at him. And, of course, this had no effect because they missed.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: Arasakas are dog shit. I said it. Whatever. How they fucking fought for as long as they did and did as well as they did with the weaponry they had, I have no fucking clue. Because their rifles all sucked. Yeah. They're bullshit. They may as well have been out there with muskets. So after both of these guys missed, um, he jumps down into into the trench. And lands right between them. And he gets to rearrange in guts. Oh. With a bayonet. Oh. He stabbed both of them to death with his bayonet. Uh-huh. One of them literally stood there and watched him kill his buddy, then turn and go, oh, no, 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 <laughs> as he fucking stabbed him to death, too, with a bayonet. As he's standing there, drinking the blood of his enemies, he notices another foxhole. Goes fucking running towards it. Decides these guys aren't worth the trouble of trying to bayonet. Runs past it and just drops a grenade in and keeps moving. Blows him the fuck up.
1: I thought it was funny too.
0: Um, hold this. <laughs> <laughs> See you <ya. laughs> Pass the baton. Delivery. Bye. <laughs> like the fucking UPS driver just throwing shit on the porch. Another group of Japanese troops fucks up. Because they thought it was a good idea to test this man's patience. Of course. They opened fire on him from a pillbox with a big-ass belt-fed machine gun. Um, Obviously, they missed because it was a Japanese machine gun. They suck. So, he does his little barrel roll (laughs) up and out of the thing. Um, He runs balls first towards the bunker, dodging bullets coming in. Like, it's his fucking job. Uh. And um, he gets up to the up to the bunker, and he's between the two firing slots, so they can't hit him. He climbs to the top of the bunker. Now, little did the guys inside know that they were in super deep shit, because he was out of ammo and grenades. This is why they're in deep shit. Oh, no. As he's standing on top of it, he decides to very gently knock on the door, and See? by... It's all you hear. <laughs> by knocking the door, I mean he threw two phosphorus smoke grenades through the firing slots uh-huh. and he waited and waited and waited and about four seconds after he pulled the pin he heard the bang and the puff of smoke comes pluming f- out of the uh-huh. out of the bunker so now he unsheaths his wmd the kukri whatever <laughs> um <laughs> literally climbed down the and then he runs in like oh no he didn't Batman. run in he didn't run in. Okay, he walked. He in. climbed down the back side of the of the pillbox and uh. waited outside the door. Oh. <laughs> Assassin's Zass. <laughs> oh no. He wasn't around the side. He was standing at the fucking door, waiting for them. He gave them enough room to walk out. All right. Okay. You're polite. He's gen- he's a gentleman. So he's expecting them to emerge stunned and confused because they've just been smoke grenaded. Uh, so when they emerged stunned and confused and on goddamn fire. Oh. He just unzipped them from chin to crotch with his kukri. Killed both of them right there. Let me help you. Stab, pull, stab, pull, done. Let me help you with your death. Um Here you go. <laughs> it's like, I was going to do it anyway, but now but I'm just hey, really going to enjoy it. <laughs>
1: it. It's just me, you know, helping you out a little bit closer to, you know.
0: So, obviously, we have to clear the bunker, because there may still be guys inside that need to die. Of course. He walks in and he sees a wounded gunner land on the ground. He's trying to regain his composure and this is about to become a problem. Uh Uh-huh. Not because the man's reaching for a a gun. It's because he doesn't have enough room to swing his kukri around. Oh, yes. So he he walked over to this guy, kicked the gun out of his hand, and found a conveniently large chunk of concrete that had been dislodged from the inside of the bunker. How convenient. And he proceeded to squash this guy's head like a fucking (laughs) grape. He beat his head flat with a piece of concrete that he happened to find right there. I mean, I mean, if not, would you go back outside? And, and it's pretty good, right? <laughs> I mean, if not, if you didn't find the concrete, do you just like take the rifle with you, go back outside and find a big ass rock out there somewhere. No no. like just like pop your head back into like, hey, sorry. I know it's like it's it's taking a minute. Hang out. I'll be right back to finish this. It's like your waiter stopping by the table. I know we're 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 the kitchen's a little slow. We'll be right there, you know. Can I get you guys like another appetizer or something? And comes in and just fucking stabs him in the leg, you know. We'll be back with your main course. We'll be Don't right worry. Back. Um no, he
1: he doesn't he doesn't, you know. Doesn't no, this dude just that.
0: stood there fucking blank and just mm. he just goes,
1: <laughs> "Oh, hey, look. Opportunistic. It's yeah. there."
0: Wow. He saw it and just the lights went out in his eyes and there was just no expression. And he just crushed this man's head. Um, so he left the, the bunker covered in blood and gore and then he waves the rest of his unit up the hill because the party's not over yet. Matter of fact, it's just about to pick up. He has him set up a Bren in this emplacement that he has just, you know, made a haunted place. Um, kicks the Japanese piece of shit machine gun out of the way and he himself mans the Bren gun for the Japanese counterattack. Uh huh. Daybreak comes, they can go out and start counting. 60 some odd Japanese counterattackers lay dead on the hill oh. That's not including the guys that he killed personally coming up. Uh-huh so we're talking we're, t- we're looking like sixty to 70 dead that decided it was a good idea to fuck with these guys. <laughs> You're a dork dude. Um, so for the hard work they did, the entire unit was awarded the battle honor to uh, mandu um and for his hard work Baha Giranda Gurung was awarded the Victoria Cross when he left the unit in 1946 he was given the honorary rank of uh, Havildar i'm not real sure what it, what that is he was also awarded the Star of Nepal third class in 1945 okay some other cool shit in 2000 the Gurkha training uh, in 2000 the Gurkha training uh, company block That Catterick Garrison in the UK was honored to have his name. Uh It wasn't honored with his name. It was honored to be named after him. Uh Um, And he also created three bad motherfuckers on his own, who then proceeded to create more bad motherfuckers. All three of his sons went on to become Gurkhas. Uh
1: Um,
0: One of his grandsons is actually now a Gurkha in the first Royal Gurkha Rifles in in Brunei. On March 1st, 2008, he found de- he found death and gave himself up, because that's the only way that he could have died at the age of 86. Fucking bad. This man was unkillable. Yes. Do you have anything to add? Yeah. Anything else? People are going to be really mad that I swear in front of you like that, but... It's okay.
1: Tell him. Tell, Tell him it's okay.
0: Yeah. Say okay. Ooh, 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 ooh. You make monkey noises like you do in the car? No, He's gonna talk. Okay. Well, I mean, that's all I've got for the for the Gurkhas. Um, the other guy fucked up. Uh, I believe it was forty six train robbers uh. in one shot that were robbing a train, and he hunted them all down with his kukri and just they were all armed with guns and shit. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. "That's cute." Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll get to him though. He was he was a hoot. I guess I'm done talking. Okay. Well. I'm done talking because my microphone has been removed. Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> so if you like that stuff, uh, you can also head on over to another
0: blue Patreon.com forward slash Dark Windows Podcast. Not even the forces of my child can stop me from plugging that. You cannot. Five dollars a month gets you access to our entire back catalog, which is eighty episodes at this point in time, eighty-one after this week. Yes. So
1: and. Uh, do yeah, and then you can also head on over to another place, studio.com. Check them out. They got headphones, to feet up, Bluetooth speaker. Uh, they got uh, earbuds. Find what you want, put it in your basket. And at checkout, put the promo code of DarkWindows15 in to get 15% off your entire purchase. And social media time. Mm-hmm. Going over to your favorite social media spots like Facebook, Instagram. And Twitter, you'll nah, find us. Not so much Twitter. Uh, Facebook, we're Dark
0: Windows Podcast.
1: And that's just the main page. And then we're uh, Dark Windows on for the other page. Yes.
0: That's the one where you can go and leave yep. a review yep. and Thank mention you. something in it. And we will do our pretty best to cover it as quick yes. as possible.
1: Uh, and Instagram and Twitter, we are Dark Windows Pod. Yes. Uh, we do have an email address. If you want to email us, you can. Uh, just send one of us an email, a uh, message. We're on there. He's, uh, Kevin, Car- Kev Carlton.
0: I'm Kev, Kevin Heyer. My name is Kevin. It is. But some dickhead stole my original Facebook page, so I had to do that instead. Yeah. Um, let's see, what else?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I was gonna mention something. Shit. I don't know. I
0: forgot. This sucks. Uh. You know what? If you remember, you can mention it, on, uh, mention it on Patreon, Then you can go over to patreon.com forward slash dark windows podcast and hear what he mentioned. Um, I only did that now because I didn't mention, I didn't plug it at all. Ow! He bit me. I didn't plug it at all throughout the show. You, because you were just, you know, intense. I was horny with Gurkha murder. You were. You were. You were. Yeah,
1: exactly. Say bye bye. All right. So if, uh, just because you can't see out in the dark doesn't mean the dark can't see into you. And from uh, us and Declan, take it out, brother.
0: producer our producer you got anything else to add yeah don't don't <laughs> lick the microphone say goodbye say bye-bye <laughs> so he waves he say i love you say love you say love you he just waves this kid is ridiculous he, he just
1: said he just said bye yep um yep so anyway <laughs> a whole
0: bunch there it
1: is. Till next week. Bye-bye. Bye.